and welcome to Heartstock Radio. I'm your host, Carol Murphy. Daniel Hogan is in the studio, and today our guests, we have two guests joining us from Guided Makers, and Rachel Batabi and Miranda Caputo are our two guests today, and I'm, I apologize in advance if I haven't captured your names perfectly, but in just a moment, they will both be with us and tell us all about what they are up to at Guided Makers. This is Heartstock. We'll be right back. As I went walking that ribbon highway, I saw Heartstock Radio. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today our guests are Rachel Batabi and Miranda Caputo, and they are both the founders of Guided Makers. Hi, both of you, Rachel and Miranda. Welcome. Hi, Hi. thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Let's start with a little introduction. What is Guided Makers and what is it that you do there? So Guided Makers is an apparel development consultancy. We are based in Maine, um, the Northeast, um, but we do service clients nationwide. And um, we focus on product development, uh, the end-to-end process uh, for a wide range of clients, whether they be small startups through to large enterprise clients. And then a secondary um, side of our business is strategic services well, that we offer to um, growing and evolving um, brands um, or, again, large enterprise. And they could be from fit strategies to sourcing strategies um, and process um, and anything strategic that's um, related to the apparel development industry. Mm. And why Maine? Um, I have to say that I sense a little accent. Um, are you both from, <laughs> it sounds like you're from the United <laughs> Kingdom. Are you, are you both from the United States? Or yeah, let's talk about where you guys came from and how you got together as a team. Sure. So this Miranda, I'm actually from the Pennsylvania, north of Philadelphia. Took a long way around to Maine, worked in Philadelphia for a while, and then worked in North Carolina and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and then came up to Maine to work for L.L. Bean for a little bit and then decided to go out and launch on my own. While I was starting out on my own, I managed to find Rachel on LinkedIn and we connected and worked together a little bit on clients with our independent companies. So I'll let Rachel tell a little bit about where she's from. Yeah, so um, I'm English um, and I moved to the States, gosh, 23 years ago. Um, But my career started in the UK. I'm working for some um, known brands over there, most notably Marks and Spencer, and moved to the US. And uh, I've always been in New England, um, so New Hampshire, and then up into Maine. So I've worked for brands like Timberland, and then up to LL Bean here in Maine. Um, so that's how I've landed. And once um, 
um, I decided to kind of um, go it on my own, um, leaving L.L. Bean. Um, we opted as a family to stay in Maine and also really to keep skills in Maine. Um, I, I, I realized that um, the state lacked a lot of the skills and what we bring um, as guided makers. Um, and it's great to be able to keep them here and develop them here. So you both worked at L.L. Bean, is that right? Yes, yeah. Okay, so is that where you kind of initially met or kind of share with us that story? It sounds like maybe you worked there at different times. We did work there at different times. Um, Actually, right as I was starting at L.L. Bean, Rachel was leaving the company to pursue other goals and you know, while I was there, we didn't cross paths at all. It was kind of amazing. Uh, as I went out on my own, I spent a lot of time trying to network with individuals on LinkedIn and was looking for people who specialized in sourcing and factory placement, fabric sourcing, and things of the like that I was not able to offer those services to my clients. And Rachel and I connected on LinkedIn and realized that we lived only about 10 to 15 minutes away from each other. What a small world, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And and likewise, it was um, in my business as an independent consultant, um, I always needed when I was working with my clients, um, technical services, which is what Miranda offers. So um, as a partnership, we had complementary services and offer, you know, skills uh, that come together really nicely. So let's talk about what you did before you founded Guided Makers a, a little bit more. You know, in addition to working at LL Bean, you know, what were your educational backgrounds and how did that impact your journey as founders? So I actually started in apparel as a child, learning how to sew in 4-H, which impacted my goals for college. So decided to go to college for... And this is Miranda, right? Yes, this is Miranda. So I decided to go to college for fashion apparel management with a design concentration. So I found out the design concentration at Philadelphia College Textiles and Science focused on the technical aspects of apparel, which I had already enjoyed. All the construction aspects, understanding the pattern making piece versus, you know, drafting and designing and creating. It was very um, mathematically focused and understanding how to make a 2D object into something three-dimensional really fascinated me. So I pursued that area of apparel development. Uh, And I guess on my side, my entire career has been in the industry. As I said, it started in the UK. And I have actually, um, through the years, gained experience um, across different areas of the apparel industry. Um, So it's really kind of creating a big picture experience. I've worked on the supply side, buying, merchandising, textiles development, uh, and and overall project management. Um, So this really prepared me well to launch into Guided Makers. Um, With 25, over 25 years of experience across all those fields, 
well-connected, great resources at my fingertips. And then I also have this ability to kind of focus um, on the development, but never lose sight of the big, uh, the big full picture for clients. Um, while our expertise is in development, we know how important all these other aspects are when creating products. So we tend not to be blinkered in our approach. Um, we make sure that we're considering everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious, was there an event or something that made you decide that going out on your own was really what was your destiny? Was it something that you always knew that you were going to be doing? I personally found, again, this is Miranda, I personally found that apparel development within a corporation occasionally can be limiting. I found that I wanted to expand my options, be able to focus on the strategic aspects of development where you're creating fit standards and those fit standards help to expedite the development process. It also helps give a company consistency in their product and their fit for the customer so that customers who understand their fit and know what their fit expectations are for a brand will come back over and over again. The fit standards help a company be able to provide an online business so that customers who understand that company fit know that there's consistency and they can purchase online with confidence without having to continually return. I I like the idea of you know, working with a number of different brands and seeing a range of different products. And I love working with different people and talking to different people on a regular basis. And unfortunately, in a corporate environment, you don't get those opportunities to expand your horizons sometimes as much as you would hope to. I, I would agree. It's Rachel here. It's that opportunity to keep kind of learning and seeing beyond kind of one brand which you know if you're in that corporate um, environment and then it's also like imparting your expertise and sharing it with others it's great being part of a corporate environment and there's big brands and there's a lot of product and there's a lot of energy and there's a lot of excitement and it works for many, many people. But I like the idea of sharing. I have a lot of people asking me for advice and I realized that I was like, I have so much experience that it's great to be able to impart it and see somebody else grow or leverage it versus just staying um, kind of in one place. So yeah, I, I really like that element of it and that was what was driving me to kind of set up independently and go to lunch. Just to add to that, the sharing piece, we now have two employees and I think Rachel and I have both enjoyed, you know, working with them and watching them grow even in the short time that they've been here and being able to help them through that process and give them somewhat of a safe environment to explore as well. And any influences that you've had throughout the course of life in general? Any influences, people that have kind of helped you along the way or made an impact on your professional journey? I have a couple people personally. While I was in college, I had a professor who really gave me the opportunity to work with her and to learn from her and to really give myself a great foundation and a start in this industry, which can be really challenging on the technical side. And then having good friends who 
really supported me here in Maine, being from away, to launch my own business and go out on my own and encourage me to do it. And I have to say, it's really great to have a business with a great business partner who, you know, we can absolutely support each other through difficult times and bounce ideas off each other as we grow the business versus doing that independently makes a huge difference. And how about you, Rachel? I would, I would, um, you know, echo what Miranda says. It's great to have a partner um, going in and going through this journey and in many respects influences me too on a day-to-day basis and encourages me. And strong uh, female role model that Miranda is, is superb. I've had a number of mentors through my um, career. There was most notably one I had at Timberland that was fantastic for me. And I learned a lot. And I think that I had a number of aha moments at that point that allowed me to be like, oh, okay, I can do this or, oh, I can do that. So I think mentoring within a workplace is so important and companies should definitely foster that because you never know where those mentees will go. So, yeah, lots of lots of individuals along the way, for sure. Mm. Fantastic. We will be right back. We're going to take our midway break and we'll be hearing more from Rachel and Miranda in just a moment. This is Heartstock. I'm your host, Carol Murphy. Welcome back. This is Heartstock Radio. I'm your host, Carol Murphy. And today we're speaking with the founders of Guided Makers, Miranda and Rachel. Welcome back. And I'm just curious, how did you get started initially? When did you launch the company? And then some other questions kind of related to funding, which is always, you know, a hot topic for entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so it's Rachel here. I can explain a little bit of how we got started. Miranda mentioned earlier that we both started independently as independent consultants and Miranda had found me on LinkedIn. It turns out we were just down the road from each other and our services complemented each other's businesses really well. So that was probably about four years ago. And we started to grab coffee, chat, connect, what's working, what's not working, and just create a friendship, really, and understanding each other's businesses. And as we got to know each other more, it became apparent that we could work together and leverage each other's services. So we started to test it a little bit. So we'd start jumping on maybe some new client inquiries together or sending out a proposal or an estimate with both our companies on it. And it it was clear that it was well received, but it was a bit clunky. So we just were like, let's bite the bullet and do this. Let's jump in. At the time, we both had home offices. Miranda had a, a great space at her home, which she she utilizes a number of pieces of equipment. And I just had a regular home office, and it was pre-pandemic. 
and we had minimal investment and launched, soft launch, and then COVID hit. Okay. And that was interesting. It meant that we couldn't meet. We were rapidly setting ourselves up to do everything virtually. And with product development, you know, in-person and touching garments, fabrics and the like is important. So we had to be really nimble in the beginning to understand how we would overcome that, which we did. and learned how to do things in different ways. But we also learned that it created other opportunities for us too as a small business, a very nimble small business. And we were able to kind of leverage those opportunities and create um, other areas of our business, um, which has led to continued growth. So we were very busy during COVID, which we're thankful for, and we're able to kind of weather that storm. And how were you able to overcome those obstacles of not meeting in person? Was it all done over, I don't know, Zoom meetings? How did you, how did you manage that? Uh, A lot of phone calls, and then we were on Microsoft, and we still are on Microsoft, so we used the Teams app so we could video chat each other. I would say there was definitely a bit of transition that was challenging with families being home more, and, you know, it was a complete shift in available time, I would say, because our days were flexible, but at the same time impacted by our home lives as well. So you have kids at home that you're homeschooling while running your business? That's That sounds very challenging. Homeschool? Well, they're all teenagers. Yeah. Ah. Teenagers, you know, need a different level of <laughs> mom, as, as you can expect, you know. So there definitely were times that, you know, I might, I know my son learned to be like, oh, you're only on with Rachel. I can come in, you know. So we did eventually decide that, you know, just as I think everybody did over time, that, you know, we were part of each other's pods through COVID. So, like, let's just plan to get together. It's an opportunity to get out of the house a little bit to go someplace else. Definitely, you know, COVID impacted us because people – we're more accepting of the fact that we can do things over video and interact, you know, without getting together in the same space and that people had more flexibility with time. So if people were working to launch a business and they were working at home, they found that they were able to, you know, do those meetings during the day within the business hours versus trying to, you know, work with businesses in the evening hours when we're a business that works business hours. So it gave people flexibility to explore opportunities that they maybe didn't have. Additionally, you know, one of our big growth areas are the strategic services. So, you know, larger brands found that their travel budgets, you know, weren't being utilized. So they were able to put those funds towards strategic services. So we utilize a tool called the Tech Pack. So we were able to work with a larger brand who needed help rebuilding their Tech Pack for efficiencies for their team. So we were able to work through that project with them utilizing funds from their travel budget. Um, We've also found that, you know, with companies needing to do things more virtually over Zoom meetings, that there's a greater need for, you know, implementing 3D tools and stuff like that. So 
The companies that are utilizing 3D have found that their block libraries, which are their FIT standards, need to be readily available so that factories have that starting point versus drafting a new pattern every time, being prepared to be more agile in the market. So we've learned, you know, as a new business that these are services that we can also offer to companies. And we've just kept building those services for agility for larger brands, as well as, you know, opportunity for our company growth. And then time in there that the, the, the pandemic has also shown the industry that remote is can work. And I think that before that, while it's great to be in person and look at garments and fabrics and everything that goes into building products, all brands and all businesses, but in this industry, the brands have had to learn how to do it remotely. So that in, in turn has given brands and leaders in brands the confidence to reach out to independent um, consultants that aren't necessarily local. Mm-hmm. to be able to execute on the work, which is great because we opted to stay in Maine and keep our skills in Maine. But um, probably a majority of our brands are outside of Maine. And how about your clients? Um, who are they? And can you share any success stories with us about, I guess, reshoring and folks who are just, uh, you know, I would think that the pandemic did uh, a lot to increase the number of folks who are wanting to make things in the United States or at least have part of that that aspect of their business in the U.S.? Yeah, so I probably won't name brands because uh, we are under NDAs um, for a large number of them. True. Um, but we do work with startups um, who from as small as like starting a brand and only put buying 20 units, right? Maybe there's a sustainable focus through multi-billion dollar enterprises within the industry. So we kind of run the gamut there in size of brand, size of project, and, and size of business. Success stories with a focus on nearshoring. We haven't had actually any brands ask us to bring domestic, come back to domestic, but we do start a lot of brands with domestic because of obviously, you know, the the lack of desire to go offshore. Um, it's become incredibly expensive from a number of angles, from either cost and shipping, um, and it's very, very timely. So it's definitely not, uh, offshore is not necessarily a path that everybody wants to go down right now. But we do work with um, a network of domestic vendors, um, um, which we work really closely with, and our factory partners have come to regard us um, very highly um, in respect to our work and our quality of our work and also how we manage kind of the end-to-end process. Um, they are very appreciative appreciative of that. Um, so we do work with a large number of vendors domestically, um, coast to coast. So that, that's been really great. We have great relationships there. Mm-hmm. And um, we've got maybe about just under four minutes left here, but I'm hoping that we can kind of touch upon your process and how that might set you apart. You Obviously, you're very quality focused. So have you tweaked your process or do you have a special process? I think we do have a special process. We definitely 
require people who are coming to us for services to have a business plan. We find that's important for many reasons, you know, as far as making sure that they have a unique selling proposition all the way through to knowing that they have a plan to market. We don't consult necessarily in those areas, but if they need help with their business plan, we do have resources that we can send them to. But once that they're onboarded and we know that they're prepared in those areas, we really do strive to work with them so that they have an impact in their fit. We wanna make sure that their model that they're using and the direction for their fit meets their brand needs and is what that they would want that fit to be. Um, we also take all those aspects and work through them with them on their construction so that the construction is a quality construction, but that it's also manufacturable so that they're not pie in the sky with their development wanting to utilize fabrics that maybe don't lend themselves to the construction that they may want to do or even for their end use. I'm going to hand over to Rachel to talk more about the sourcing strategies and fabric piece of it. Yeah, so uh, Miranda's right. We won't allow um, small client startups to go into development without a business plan. So that's really about making sure we're being responsible because it's a very expensive industry to get into. And we want to make sure that um, they are ready financially as well. So there's a, there's a level of responsibility there. And Miranda's detailed like around fit, for example, uh, like, how we'll work with them to make sure that they're targeted. We do that too. We make sure, I mentioned it earlier, about this big picture approach. So who is that customer? How much do they want to invest? Um, where are they selling it? We're making sure that that's flushed out so that we can do uh, the most focused and targeted development for them. Now, this takes a bit of time. So we're very clear that we're not a fast fashion house um, to turn their ideas quickly for them. There's a balance. Um, we don't prolong it. But at the same time, we're not about moving products through. We care about the brand's success, um, the individual's success their investment, and then also making sure that we're putting out the right product and it has opportunity to um, to kind of be successful and be sold. So, um, yeah, a very considered approach, um, but um, one that all clients so far have, have really appreciated. They really own it. And how might our listeners find you if they want to continue with the conversation? So, so we have a website, um, guidedmakers.com. So they can reach out there. We have a contact form that anyone can fill out and it will come through to us and they'll get to have a, um, an introductory 30 minute call with us, which is free of charge. And we can talk about their project. We can also be found on LinkedIn if you'd like to search us and we could be direct message, uh, message there, um, myself or Miranda. Yep, and I bet that we can also be followed on Facebook and Instagram too. So hmm. pretty active on social media and you know excited to work with different people on their projects. Rachel and Miranda of Guided Makers, thank you so much for being on Heartstock and sharing your story. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Carol. It's been a pleasure. 
And as always, we shall see you next week. Peace. This is Heartstock. Heartstock Radio is a production of KBMF 102.5 Butte America Radio. Hear our programs every Friday at 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time via live stream at butteamericaradio.org. This land was made you and me As I went walking I saw a sign there And on the sign it said No trespassing But on